0: all right everyone let's get straight to it on a beautiful friday afternoon wxvu 89.1 radio being brought to you on spotify it's wildcat formation i'm your host anders Pryor. hope all of you are enjoying the winter olympics i feel like um it doesn't really get as much credit as the Summer Olympics because there's not as much star power, you know. Summer, you got Michael Phelps, you got Simone Biles, you got Usain Bolt. But I will say, I, I feel like everyone in America has developed this weird, this weird obsession with curling, um, because it's so bizarre conceptually and so weird to like look at. But when you get into the strategy, it's actually a pretty interesting sport to watch so hope you all are enjoying that i hope you all enjoyed the super bowl i hope you all enjoyed the halftime show as much as i did i personally thought it was uh up there top five all-time in terms of star power from start to finish throwing in 50 cent in there was a really nice surprise as a new yorker can't believe he can still hang upside down like that but it was a great game. It was a great game. The Rams winning felt right. It felt inevitable. In in basketball, right, there are a lot of players, you know, like the fact that they don't have a ring feels noteworthy. It feels kind of weird and out of place. You know, Iverson, Barkley, um, Mello still to this day, Davis up until he won his, you know, Chris Paul obviously is a huge example. And I feel like there are a lot of, I feel like there are a lot of players on that Rams team where if things didn't work out and they never ultimately end up, if they ultimately never ended up working out, I feel like Stafford from a football perspective falls into that category. Aaron Donald is in that category. Jalen Ramsey's in that category. Andrew Whitworth in that category. Von Miller, if he hadn't won one with Denver a few years ago, would absolutely be in that category. And so it kind of feels right. The Rams are one of those teams, or were one of those teams, I guess, where they were supposed to win the Super Bowl at one point. Like we all understood. Sean McVay is too good and the culture is too good and the staff is too good the coaching tree is too successful for there to not be Lombardi at some point down the line and now we're finally getting it and so it makes sense um and that's not to suggest that the win was underwhelming or expected but there was a moment where you kind of were just like after where there was a moment after the win where you were just like that makes sense that's supposed to be how it is this is what was supposed to happen and it was really well deserved and so I congratulate the Rams on making the right moves and going all in and having it actually pay out because we see that a lot in other sports where there's an injury or there are some unexpected chemistry issues or maybe the owner, GM, whatever, there's some controversy and it doesn't work out. But with this team, and remember they had moments where they didn't look so hot, you know, like when Stafford had a handful, I I I, 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 I think it was three pick sixes in like a five game span or something obscene like that they kept it together stuck to their identity and they ultimately came out on top as the champions which I feel like I feel like a a little bit of adversity is needed for that and all the teams that kind of made it towards the end had a little bit of adversity that I feel like helped them get to that point. The Chiefs were three and four at one point, which, which since the start of the Mahomes era seems scientifically impossible, seemed scientifically impossible, but it happened. You know, the Bills got down to, I think, like it was seven and five, six and five, something like that. Bengals, I mean, you know, like they one of the worst O lines in football that are, that itself will create some collateral adversity. The 49ers struggled to beat certain teams for whatever reason, um, almost didn't make the playoffs because of the Saints who used four different quarterbacks over the course of the season. But the teams that happened and and the Titans too, not having Derrick Henry, so there's a little bit of adversity that is required to be able to learn and use that learned knowledge to then move forward and move further than other franchises and the Rams embraced it. And they came out on top because of it. And I thought that that was really cool to see. Um, it wasn't just like a perfect season. Um, kind of like what when, when we saw when we saw with the Chiefs a few, couple of years ago, where everything just went right from start to finish. Um, it was a nice bit of adversity. And I thought that that was super cool. My two takeaways and from the Rams win for everyone going forward are things that I feel like we've all kind of known. And if I say them out loud, it's like, oh, well, yeah, duh. But I think today it mean, they mean something a little different. So I'm going to say both of them. There's two big takeaways that I have, and it's something that I think every team should make clear to themselves. Number one, get the coach right. Take your time. Be methodical. Don't rush it. Even if you have to do some traveling, even if you have to spend some extra money, take the proper patience that is necessary into your system and allow things to fold out methodically. The Jaguars did, and they landed on a Super Bowl head coach. The Texans didn't take their time, and they were this close to having Josh McCown at the head, who was never coached. Uh, at any level before really look at everyone around the league look at what's successful it's okay to not go a hundred percent with your perspective every single time especially when you have a billion dollar business to run so be in touch so that that way you can hire people that are themselves in touch don't hire friends Don't be like Jerry. Don't hire people that you can control. Don't hire yes men. Don't hire people that are exactly how you think and have the exact same personality as you. Hire smart people. Hire self-aware people. Hire people that are in touch who understand the league and who aren't caught up in the past. Don't hire people that are ignorant to evolution. Hire the right name, not the big name. The Vikings also, like, they took their time, right? Even with all the Jim Harbaugh stuff, it would have been really easy for them to just bring him in because he's the big guy at Michigan who was in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. But instead, they waited a little bit, let everything, thing breathed, let everything baked and landed on Kevin O'Connell, who I think is a more appropriate hire based on today's NFL. And he won the Super Bowl. And that means something. Um, so I think that they got the right guy because they took the time and they hired um, the right name, not the big name. And it's especially important to get the coach right because we really don't realize, I don't think we realize how much of what happens out there is coaching and not skill. I think there's an argument to be made, and I've heard this from a handful of people who I trust um, in terms of sports opinioning, that the only real positions in the NFL and in football that are actually skill-oriented are the quarterback the offensive line, and the defensive line, that everything else is just coaching. And obviously, there are exceptions. Jalen Rams was good on the Jags, and he's good now in the Rams. There are certain people that are good enough that will be good wherever they go. But for the other 95% of the NFL, it's coaching. Situational awareness, it's landing in the right spot, it's the environment that you fit in. And we don't realize that. And so putting that right person in that position, that one person can affect everyone else that comes through that door. So you have to get that right. Two, get the quarterback right. Go get Joe Burrow. Just just go draft him. Go trade for him. Go trade for Matthew Stafford. Maintaining the game is not good enough anymore. It was... It it would and people. I'm not even talking about the 80s and the 90s. It was good enough 10 years ago, but now having someone who can add dimensions to the offense, Lamar, Mahomes, Allen, is so important. It is not even just an advantage. It's it's, it's essential. I think now what we're seeing is kind of this especially with so much young talent this increase in the gap between franchise quarterbacks and super bowl quarterbacks and how different those two things are Joe Burrow is on a he Joe Burrow is a super bowl quarterback not a franchise quarterback Patrick Mahomes is a super bowl quarterback not a franchise quarterback Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback Baker Mayfield Jalen Hurts their franchise quarterbacks, Super Bowl quarterbacks. That's Mahomes. That's Allen. That's that's Burrow. Now it's Stafford. It's Rodgers. Maybe it's Herbert. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, but the gap is now more clear than ever because of people like Burrow, who can just come in and instantly make an instant impact. Because you gotta get it right quickly. Because we've seen two years in a row now, Herbert, and then Burrow. It does not take much. It really doesn't. Um, even Mac Jones, like, plug him in. All the problems essentially fix themselves in one season. And a lot of that is coaching. There's a certain level of ferocity and cerebral nature that is required to have that quick of a success. And so you need that, and you need it right away. That's kind of why the Baker Mayfield stuff of... Him being moved off the team potentially is happening because you know if Herbert had an s eh season and got a little bit better than Burrow had an s eh season got a little bit better than bigger would be fine. Um, and Jalen Hurts would also be completely secure by for the end of next season. Now the clock's faster, and it's because of what you saw on Sunday. Um, just take big swings. Go get Rodgers. Go get Russell Wilson. Go get. Go get Deshaun Watson. Just do it. Unless you're an ace of every draft picked, like the Chiefs, just go swing big. You'll thank yourself later. I want to pivot into this. We usually have about seven new playoff teams between the two conferences every season. Um, the league is kind of structured in a way that allows teams to get really good really quickly. Um, you can kind of pivot things around with one draft or one off season. It's why things like the Bengals this year are able to happen. With the NBA and especially in the MLB, it takes some more time. Um, it takes a little bit more patience. But in the NFL, you can turn things around like really quickly. And so I, I want to—I I, I, I wanted to talk about some new playoff teams. I can't—I—I I don't know if I can come up with seven, um, especially because well. Let me clarify that. I can name about like 10 teams that I think could make the playoffs next season, but it's harder to come up with, you know, seven teams or 10 teams that wouldn't make it of the fortune that made it this year. But I came up with five. And I came up with a list that I think makes sense, um, and that's like reasonable and assumes that there isn't like extremely radical um shifts in the league, like the Chiefs not making it, but you know, stuff that where, you know, there's a little bit of leeway. These are five teams that I think can make it and corresponding teams with respective conferences that I think are less likely to make it next year teams I think will be replaced in the playoffs I think it's pretty safe to say that the Chargers won't find themselves in a situation where there's like a non-determine your own destiny tiebreaker kind of deal and there's like a critical timeout call that happens on a loof in a weird situation. I don't see that happening again. I think they draft too well and how have too good of capital in the draft this year for them to not um, just bolster the roster enough to kind of make that push in that tough division. And remember, they're still not paying Herbert anything really. Even though they're in a few years, it's going to be a Mahomes kind of situation where you might have to restructure some certain things to keep a lot of those big components. Because you're also going to have to pay Slater and stuff like that. But they draft well. They got Slater, Asante Samuels, who I really liked a lot. Was incredibly productive. Josh Palmer had some good moments too. and Kenneth, Kenneth Murray, I think, is developed into a solid linebacker. So they draft really well. And I think that Brandon Stanley, even though some of his optics are a little questionable, I do think that his consistency is healthy for the locker room because um, he's not going to flake you on a certain any kind of certain situation. And so I think that they'll be pretty comfortably in that race, like what they were up until week 10. But I think they'll stay there, likely. I think the Vikings make it as one of the new teams. I think they're going to be at a point where with an o- now with an offensive coach, a young offensive mind who's in tune, who's from the McVay coaching tree, they're just going to be in a situation where Jefferson's too good, Thielen's too good, their drafts are too good, Cook is too good, Irv Smith coming back. Um, whatever they do defensively in the draft, which is a because it's a huge year for edge rushers and a huge year for linebackers, they're going to have too much offensive talent and too smart of an offensive coach in a weak division not to make the playoffs. Because I do think that that in terms of a matchup, Green Bay is a little bit vulnerable against the Vikings. With and without Aaron Rodgers, that will hypothetically that would be even more so. Um, and so I I I think that they will consistently be one of those teams towards the last within the last four or five weeks of the season that'll be switching in and out of that seventh spot. But I ultimately think that through some kind of tiebreaker with whoever it might be that they'll they'll ultimately make it in. I, I really like the direction that they're going in, and I think it's gonna be a really good year for them. I think it's gonna start out slow. I think it's gonna be like the 49ers a lot. They're gonna start out a little bit slow. They're gonna start like two and four, three and five, somewhere around there, and then they're they're gonna pick up. They're gonna finish the season strong and make that kind of final push in in a very tight space. These next two ones are kind of are very personal. I would not be shocked, and if anything, I hold a pretty strong opinion in that I think the Falcons make the playoffs next season. Quite frankly, right now, with Brady gone and with the Panthers in a disastrous situation offensively, essentially top to bottom, and with the Saints having no idea what they're doing at quarterback, the Falcons appear to have, unless the Tampa Bay does something insane at quarterback, the Falcons would appear to have the most stable foundation of anyone in the NFC South. I mean, Arthur Smith who we didn't really talk about amongst the new coaches, which I always found strange because he was considered to be the overall best hire, you know, fresh out of Tennessee, really. He, I thought did a pretty half decent job. I I thought, I, I think it's, it's a, it's, it's good to go seven and 10 with Brady in the division and the saints defense in the division with, a bottom five o line, a bottom 3 pass rush, and your best receiver not being in the lineup for the second half of the season. 7-10 and 10 is impressive, and they know they are a quarterback. They're going to be able to get some draft capital with Calvin Ridley on the market. They could trade him. I think he's a first-round value pick. I think he's a first-round pick value player. If they were to trade him for that, they would have two firsts in two seconds and so they really can focus on that o-line and that d-line this is a great the two things that they need most which are an edge rusher and interior o lineman, these are great classes for this is a great draft class for that so it's a perfect spot for them and i think they capitalize on the dysfunction of the rest of the division, Matt Ryan is second season under Arthur Smith. I would not be surprised if they are a five or a six seed. And I do think that if Tampa kind of underperforms, especially a quarterback, I would not be surprised if they went on to win the division. So I think they'll be in. I also think the Broncos have a really good shot at getting in. Um, I really like their roster Offensively and defensively, they have playmakers at every single level. And again, all of their needs—edge rusher, linebacker, receiver—are all ample in the draft. It's a great draft for all of those. You know, it's, it's not as strong for—it's not as strong for quarterbacks. Is not as strong for secondary players outside of the first round. Um, but all of their needs can be addressed very easily because I, bl- I believe they also have two seconds. I'm really curious with Nathan Hackett. I think that it's a hire that we're all going to be paying really close attention to. I think if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, then we're going to be talking about Aaron. But I think if he doesn't go there, then we're going to really be talking about Nathan and what he does with that team, what he does with that running back tandem, um, it, what he can get out of people like you know, KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick because, you know, Green Bay, and we talk about how subpar their receiving core is outside of Devontae Adams, but they've still been able to make really good use of it. And so I'm um, those philosophies carrying over into this team I really think is gonna be really interesting to see. Um and so I, I think they they'll sneak in as well. I I just don't I don't see a situation where the Seahawks have Russell Wilson out for that long and have that many injuries and like weird COVID issues. I think Pete Carroll is aware that he's in a little bit of a hot seat situation. And so I think that he will be coaching his tail off, trying to fight for his job. Cause if they, cause if they don't make the play, cause they can say whatever they want. If he doesn't make the playoffs again this season, he's, as good as gone um he should have been this year but he's not and so he's going to take advantage of this last opportunity i also think that the division is going to be a little bit weaker this year and we'll get to that in a second but i just don't see a situation where this kind of spiraling out of control towards the end of the year where they're losing to just awful teams i don't see that repeating itself and so i think they'll be able to kind of be more comfortable be themselves I don't think that Metcalf has a similar down year than he did this year. And I think they're going to be right back to where they should be. Not in a Super Bowl window, but um, certainly in a playoff spot. So then the question is, if they're in, who's out? And so for each team, I have a corresponding team that I think will kind of make its way out and again I could list 10 teams hypothetical situations for either side but I don't really like to project hyper radical situations and I don't really want to speculate on things that we all kind of know are going to happen like if I say the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs again that's not really a surprising situation so I don't really want to talk about it because it's not very interesting so for the AFC I have the Chargers and the Broncos making it and so the two teams that I think fall out next, um, next year, the more obvious one, the Steelers aren't making it. I just don't f- see a situation where they're able to have the kind of start that they did and magically pull their way out there, just kind of dragging their legs over into Kansas City whether it's drafting Pickett or drafting Corral or if they somehow find a way to get Malik Willis or if it's going and getting Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz or whoever, I just don't see a situation, especially now with the Bengals finding their guy and with, I think, Lamar and Baker both being healthy now I just don't see a situation where they can kind of crawl and limp their way into the postseason. So I would cut them out. I think we were all surprised that they made it this year. No one really looked at the Steel Editors as a quote playoff team because you know they're not. <laughs> so um don't don't be surprised if they're not there this year. I also think that the Patriots don't make the cut this year either. They were they were in danger of slipping out towards the end of this year anyway. And I just think that the Bills, they can't compete with the Bills. Josh, the, the gap between Josh Allen and Mac Jones is just too big. And the gap in talent is just too big from top to bottom on all three phases of the ball for them to be able to compete. If you watch the games, it's not competitive. If that win situation um, in Buffalo doesn't happen again, then they can forget it. They sweep them, which they will do next season. I strongly believe that. We also don't know what's going to be happening with JC Jackson. Um, There's a lot of question marks. Also, first year without Josh McDaniels, how does everyone adjust to that, especially the people that have been there for a while? I would also say that Mike McDaniels seems like a really intelligent hire. And I would also say that Joe, Joe Douglas is a really smart GM for the Jets. And so I just don't, see a situation where they can sweep both the Dolphins and the Jets, which is kind of what they have to do with the Bills being in division in order to have a chance at making the playoffs, which I don't think is realistic coming into this season. So for AFC, Chargers, Broncos in, Steelers, Patriots out. And for the NFC, Vikings, Falcons, Seahawks go back in. Um, in terms of who's out, I think there's going to be a little tiny bit of a reality check for the Eagles. I, I I think they're good. I think they deserve to be in the playoffs this year. I think they'll make the playoffs a couple times over the next five years. I think Nick Sirianni is the right coach, and I think that their draft capital this year is going to be really exciting. I just don't think that the commanders and the Giants are going to be that atrocious again um especially the Giants I thought the Giants had the best offseason in terms of staff um Brian Dable Mike Kafka Wink Martindale are all excellent hires at their respective positions and so I just don't I Especially and we don't even know what's gonna happen with Daniel Jones. He could be out the door They could try and go for someone else who's an upgrade. I just don't see them being that worthy to watch again. I think the Giants get one game in there against the Eagles um, And then in terms of the commanders, you know, again similar thing quarterback situation They're probably gonna get an upgrade I think Curtis Samuel comes back and is healthy. Um, I think Logan Thomas comes back and is healthy. And I, I think, again, Washington gets a game in there. And so ultimately, and when everyone's fighting for that seventh spot, I just don't think they're going to have quite enough to reach in there. I think they'll be in the wildcard hunt for essentially the entire season. But I just don't think they'll be able to slide in at the last minute. I also don't really, and I know they just made it to the NFC title, but I don't, quite see the 49ers making it this year I think they have kind of a re kind of a reset year with Trey Lance I think his first year is a little shaky I think he shows some signs of stardom shows some signs of capability but I just don't think that with that division and that division getting better especially with this immediate ascension of the Cardinals that Trelin is going to be able to keep up with that in year one. They also don't pick until very late, and they desperately need corners, and their cap situation is a little eh right now because they just paid Trent Williams. And obviously, the Debo Samuel extension is going to be insane. They're going to have to draft a corner, and I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a later pick. So I just don't see all the pieces fitting together. And again, they barely made it this year. They were almost out to the Saints. And so i would not be surprised if they fall off and then lastly this is going to be a little bit of a hot take but i don't really see the buccaneers making it without tom um don't really see a situation where they can find someone to elevate everyone at the same time and make everything work like him um because even they had a, l- a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season where Tom was throwing a lot of picks. I think he had like three games in a row with a pick or something like that and from like weeks like nine to 12. But unless they can find a Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers type of thing, I don't. I just don't see them being able to crawl their way in or, f- or at least not get to the top. I think of all the ones that I've listed, they're the most likely to retain a spot. But... Chris Godwin's going to want some more money and I just don't foresee a situation where they're going to be able to keep everyone in there because they just paid Vita Vea and they're, and I, you know, retaining everyone like Mar Pet's going to want more money. Their draft stocks this year are not great. And for what they really need, which is corner and receiver, um, a lot of the, uh, the best options are going to be taken inside the first two rounds. So they really need to nail these two, these picks that they do have. um, I, th- I think it's either 26 or 27 that they have in the first round. And so unless a lot of things go right for them, then I just don't really see them being able to get through and make it into the postseason. That's my time for today. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Wildcat formation Anders Pryor WXVU in 9.1 on Spotify. We'll be back next week. Stay cool, everyone.